to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative to the insane, starring Ryan Rash. If anyone tells you that your hair is too big, get rid of them. You do not need that negativity in your life. And Dale Hummel. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Now on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel, along with co-star Ryan Rash. Hello, hello, hello. Ryan, we know you're having the most exciting experience this week. It has been quite the wild ride so far, and we will get into all that and talk about all things Miss Texas along with other things here. But Dale, I I just want to tell the listeners that this schedule at this Miss Texas pageant is absolutely insane. And right now it is 7 o'clock in the morning. And Dale is in California, so it is 5 a.m. in the morning there. And this is about the only time that I could record. And Dale is up. He's got to judge a show. So I just want every one of y'all to know the dedication that we have to get y'all a weekly podcast. Because I really thought we were going to have to throw it in the towel this week and just be like, it ain't happening. No, but we, we made it work. I'm coming to you from the Bonanza Inn in Yuba City, California, Ryan. I don't even know where that is. It's I'm going to call it north north of Sacramento, about an hour. I'm going to bet that the door opens to the outside of the that hotel. I'm just betting money. I'm not going to answer that. Exactly, because I'm right. But not, not only does it open to the outside, I have a door on each end of the room that opens to oh, the outside. That is just fabulous. It's it's clean. It's good. I I'm, I I cannot complain about this one. Now the one what last week in Ohio, mm, that one was that one was that one was sketchy. Your wife complained about that one a lot. Do you want to tell your listeners what you're doing out there? Dale? I, I'm judging a couple shows out here. Uh, enjoying, no, enjoying no, life. no. That is not the reason you were out there for like 26 days. <laughs> I did come out a little bit early, and it was a, a something that my youngest son and I he's wanted to go out and search for fossils, dig for fossils, excavate, whatever you want to refer to it as. So we fly into Los Angeles. We stop at the tar pits and uh, go through the museum, look at the tar pits, go through that procedure, uh, enjoy a little bit of Beverly Hills tour, Hollywood Boulevard, Venice Beach, a little bit of Santa Monica Pier. And then we head up north to Bakersfield, kind of a tourist destination, Ryan. And in Bakersfield, we have we have something called Shark Hill. Oh. And Shark Hill is is a very widely known site for discovering new whale fossils, shark teeth, all these things. But they they basically allow you to come there and for a certain price, it wasn't very expensive, they supply the equipment, all the the shovels, the the sifters, all those things, and they they put you in this area and say, Well, you can't go here and here, which is very minimal that they have fenced off, but then they have this basically a, a sizable hill that you can just start digging anywhere you want to dig and search for shark teeth and uh, we found 20 some shark teeth we we had no idea what we're doing or where to dig but apparently there's that many shark teeth there that we were able to find quite a few it was a huge day big big day why do all the sharks go there to die i don't know they go into into california on this hill and die no i i they didn't explain to y'all why my my youngest son who is sleeping behind me right now he could he could easily explain this to us but maybe maybe oh. he will awake before we're done recording. So what you're saying you didn't pay attention to that, but at one point that that was underwater. Why would they all die there or lose their teeth there? I can't tell you. That's that. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't. But apparently it, they they're talking about over 
15 million years, if you, you take this one square foot and just think of what things are dropped in that square foot over that time, then essentially every every square foot you're going to find that. And every square foot, I would tell you, had at least one shark tooth. Jesus. It's pretty, it was, it was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the time with him. It was, it was good. Then you're going to judge your little shows. And then what are you doing? And then I head back to, back to Illinois on Friday. I thought y'all had somewhere else to go. We were going to, we were going to drive in our, our little rental car. And Ryan, you, you know, the rental car prices nowadays. It's insane. Yep. I'm at $1,200 for five days. I just booked rental cars for the shows after this pageant, I it's brutal. I'm just telling you, I did not negotiate properly in these contracts, but it'll be <laughs> fun. So I we were originally going to take a rental car, go through Nevada, Utah, Wyoming, into Montana, even the Dakotas, and just drive back and hit every fossil site that we're allowed to. Go and, and look at and, and dig and, and do all those things. Kind of a kind of a, a dinosaur fossil tour. But the car rental and a few other things has prevented that. So we're postponing the others. So that hopefully yet this summer or fall, I think with the heat, we're gonna wait till fall and still make the other half of that trip. It is hot out there, isn't it? Bakersfield with no shade the other day, about one in the afternoon. It was brutal. Very brutal. I'm sure that you have not been watching the news or doing anything like that. So current events may be terrible because this is your. It may be. I, I have one. I have one good thing on, on current events to bring up, and I have not been exposed to much news. But the Proposition 16, Ryan, even locked up in in your beauty pageant hotel, you're you're aware of that one, aren't you? What the Colorado Proposition 16 has been shut down by the Supreme Court. Yes, I am aware of that. That is the most exciting thing that I've ever seen, and the fact that it sets a precedent that those those activists have to go back to ground zero. I think the precedent is they can't use that strong language and just things that appeal to the voter, they can't just put on there because it appeals to the voter. They, they need to have some substance and some reality in it. And, and I believe that the Supreme Court was seven to zero, that this is not going forward. I am literally limited on so much what I can do here. And again, I'll explain later, but like I, I knew that that happened. But I did not know what the the vote was. So if it was seven zero, that's awesome, and this is great for agriculture. And now, hopefully, the ones that we know about in Oregon and California will also go by the wayside. And uh, I, whoever was the people that put this together, that got the people to take it to the Supreme Court, all that, just a huge sincere thank you for not just for from me but from everybody in agriculture and livestock shows and raising and animal agriculture thank you so much for standing your ground and keeping us from having just detrimental effects if this continued absolutely ryan and so much better to stop it right now because as we talked about if that would have gotten on the ballot with the wording that it had it would have been a monumental project to educate the public about that initiative. I, I don't even know. I hate to say it couldn't be done, but it would take efforts from everyone, not just those in Colorado. The other good thing is, from what I can tell, the Oregon one is modeled very similar to Colorado. So I'm hopeful that we'll have the same situation there. I'm not as familiar with the one in California, um, but we'll try to try to look into that and see see where it is. 
the other issue that I've I've noticed, and I haven't had a chance to read it, I've just just gotten some news blips on it. But the farm bill and the fact that they're discriminating against certain ranchers, the Biden administration is now being sued for discrimination. And I think what it comes down to, there's a lady from Flying Heart Ranch in Wyoming, and what uh, she's coming out as and saying, well, social disadvantaged farmers, ranchers are getting considerably more assistance, I think, on that loan forgiveness and, and lots of different areas. But if, if you're considered an African-American, Mexican-American, Pacific Islander, Asian, there's there's several of them in there. Everything, for the most part, except white, non-Hispanic, you're getting considerably more money. And this, I never really thought about it, but why wouldn't somebody in that situation go ahead and, and complain or say, hey, why why am I being discriminated against? And I thought we we fit, fixed all this discrimination and everybody equal back in the 60s, but it looks like we're, we're going to refight that entire battle from a totally different direction. Interesting. And so that's all the current events you have, Dale. Um, the hundreds of looters in New York that were actually charged got released or their charges got dropped because they, they don't want to prosecute somebody for looting. That was, they were hungry. Probably they needed to chew on a Nike tennis shoe. Oh, well, that's nice. I I don't have much and it's going to be very, (laughs) I won't be nearly enough detail or anything that it needs normally needs to be, but I'm going to do what I can. Uh, an Olympic athlete. From New Zealand, uh, the big story from the Olympics, I guess, is that was born male, transitioned into being a woman about seven years ago, took up weightlifting just recently for an Olympic athlete, because most Olympic athletes, they, they train for this their entire life. And um, that one is, and she's competing as a woman and expected to medal. And it's causing some havoc. I guess Brett Favre said that it's unfair and several people, but uh, I don't know. So there's that. First one ever. First trans athlete in the Olympics. It just seems crazy to me. I I don't know how they're obviously at this point allowed to compete. But it, it to me there there is that is as discriminatory against biological women as as anything, period. It just it's it's not a a matter of I I don't even know how to approach it other than the fact that a a male is geared to be stronger than a female period end of story right and this goes the same way if you're were born a woman and transitioned into being a man you shouldn't have to compete against the man because you're at a disadvantage and so I think this is not me being liberal or me being discriminatory or anything like this, I I believe everybody should be able to get to do what they want as far as that. But like, if this is going to become a thing and they're going to recognize whatever, then maybe trans people should have their own division of sports. I veto. I I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but that's veto. There, there is, there is no good answer. I, I'm going to go back to let's compete as what you were born biologically. And I'm done. It's 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 probably not a. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that theory deal, but I do not think in this culture that's going to happen. No, I don't think so. And what about I? I had something come across about the the trans weightlifter. 
What about our BMX transgender woman from the United States? Did you hear anything about her? What now? We, I believe we have a BMX rider, bicycle com, com, competitor that's a transgender woman. And maybe, I'm, maybe I'm incorrect. Maybe she's just a woman. I don't know. But she is going to the Olympics representing the United States and her goal for, for making the podium. To get on the medal to burn the flag. Oh, do you want to tell – why don't you tell the audience what we should do with this person? Oh, I just – I can't believe that whoever's on the U.S. Olympic Committee that she's made this be known. Like she told the press this and they're still letting her compete. I don't – I didn't know she was trans. I don't know if she's trans. I don't know anything about that. Maybe I have that part wrong, but it's it's not good. I heard that that was her goal, and my blood boiled, sent me into a rage. 100%. I, I don't – obviously, I'm sure the committee's concerned with, with lawsuits that I, – I don't know. But we're, we're defeating the entire purpose of what the Olympics are for. And if people are so unhappy with this country, why, why would she want – I guess she's saying she wants to represent so she can do that. So from a, a total, total wrong direction, 100%. I have never understood athletes that – go compete for their country and then they want to either bash it or do shit like this or whatever or you know cause public spectacles or whatever so if you are that dissatisfied with the country you live in why do you want to go compete for them at the biggest world sporting event ever like it makes no sense very difficult to understand your sister camel toe thank you thank yeah. you your sister I want you to know that she's getting a little bit of heat. It has now been 91 days since she has not since she has been tapped by your brother, Joe Biden, to be in charge of the border crisis and she's yet to have a press conference and she has yet to go to the border. 91 days. Do you know what 91 days is? That's 3 months, Dale. I think she's just confused. She doesn't know which state to go to 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 check on she I think she just trying to make that decision on where to go to the border. She just, she's going to get there. She just wanted to make sure it's the right one. Yep, she what? wants to make sure it's the right one. She wants there's to have lots everything of planned. Them. Yeah, and she just wants it to, she wants to do it well. So let's, let's leave her alone for a little while. Let's wait 91 more days. If she hasn't done it by then, then we can, we can talk a little bit negative about her. I, again, I am so sorry that I do not have more accurate information on all this. And like, I, <laughs> I just, y'all don't know how limited I am on things this week. But an NFL player, uh, the first one ever, comes out as gay this week. And so we're, not, we're, we're not saying this is the first gay NFL player, but the first one to openly. But he's the first one that came out, from what I understand. And another one of your relatives, Joy Behar. Do you know who that is, Dale? I, I do, and I did hear that news clip. She's on The View, and literally, I, I am not going to tell you that this lady cannot be funny because she can't. I mean, that's her job. Is she's a comedian, and she can be very funny. She is a liberal piece of shit. I'm just going to put that out there. But anyhow, this guy, and, and he just came out as gay this week. And I can't even think of his name right now. He is extremely hot. I will tell you that. But oh my, we don't I'm we don't just, need those parts in there. We can. Skip I'm them. just saying. Well, Clifton can edit that out. Okay. Well, anyway, he's hot. So anyway, they're talking about this on the View, and Joy Behar says that she you know she doesn't know much about football, and she said I 
and this is her quote, after they said penetration in the end zone, they lost me. Oh, my. Now, this woman has... That didn't get that. I hear that did not go over well. No, it didn't. Because she's supposed to be Miss LBGTQ and all this other stuff, whatever. And then she's making a gay penetration joke about the first NFL player that is brave enough to come out. Uh, yeah, no. And th- that just, and like my whole point of this is that is what bothers me about a lot of people that want to be so one-sided with their opinions because she's out there and every liberal idea, AOC, whatever it is, I mean, she is the cheerleader, all this other stuff. But then your true colors come out when you make a joke like that on national TV. They come back from commercial break and she just says, that that inappropriate joke I made, just scratch it out like I didn't say it. Well, that That doesn't work. How is the liberal media taking that? Are they hammering on her? Oh, no. She's, yeah, she's getting hammered. There's no doubt. I mean, they are taking her through the ringer on it, but I just, ah, just bothers. Like, I, you know, me and my hypocrite thing, Dale. I just can't, I cannot handle it. Well, we do have, you do have one more thing to explain that your, your president Biden is coming out and, and I don't know if he's holding a press conference. Uh, I don't know. Something scripted, I'm sure. And his, Handlers will get him in trouble if he takes too many questions at it, but he's going to come out and address the crime issue. And at least at least maybe they're acknowledging there is a crime issue, and unlike the crisis at the border. But it appears, for those that, that have some insight to this, there is no mention of, of reversing the defunding of police, but rather more gun control. What makes What would make them think that those MS-13 and the other gangbangers across the country the criminals, all of those that they're they're going to the gun store and legally buying a gun. What what would make them think that? That I cannot tell you, sir. Do you have any clarity on that? I have no clarity other than I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna claim ignorance by the president and his administration. <laughs> That's all I can do. The Dems are kind of evolving on another issue, Ryan, by the way. Oh, they are what? This whole voter voter ID, there must have been a poll that came out that seventy some percent of Americans think you should have to use an ID to vote. Really? So now that the Dems are backpedaling a little bit and, and some of them are talking about maybe we should have to, to show an ID. It's it's insane. I again that that still baffles me to this day that there's yeah it, it's un- unbelievable. I, I I think because of the extreme bias in the major mainstream media, the the public doesn't get all of this information and they're not going to go out and search for it. But how they can be fed so much incorrect, ignorant information and not just call bullshit on it is is crazy to me. Yeah, I I don't I. The whole voter ID thing, I still cannot believe there are states that you don't have to have an ID to vote. That that just floors me. There's something innately wrong with that. And I, I that's got to get – it really needs to be fixed before the midterm elections. I don't know if it will, but it's got to be fixed before the next presidential election. No, it has to. And, and I just about forgot one of the most important things of this trip or the most exciting things, Ryan, other than digging for some shark teeth in the tar pits. Those, those were really good. Right. Um, had a couple family visits that we stopped to check on some goats. Incredible families. I'm very, very fortunate of who we've got feeding some goats out here. And it was, they were, they were very hospitable. It was all good. 
I have probably hit two or three taco trucks in possibly the best Mexican restaurant that I've ever been to last night. Really? It was good. Maybe I've just been in Illinois long enough again, haven't been out here. So I've, I've been eating Illinois Mexican and, and this this is good. Really, really good. My youngest son is not a taco truck fan, nor the little hole in the wall Mexican place that, where you can only pay cash. Venice Beach, little taco stand along Venice Beach. He was pretty sketchy on it, but we've got him to eat some street tacos a few times, and he's 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 enjoy, he's, he's actually enjoying it, and, and it, he's not quite as hesitant. How many fruit stands have you hit up? How many have I stopped at? How about we go that way? Okay. I, I've stopped it. I, I've nearly caused an accident to stop at three different fruit stands, hoping for some fresh strawberries. I must be, we must be just a little late in the season because I've, I found zero. Oh, that's tragic. Zero. Only thing we can find right now is peaches, it seems like. And I like peaches, but I, I kind of was wanting some fresh strawberries. Well, I am so sorry that you do not have any strawberries. But this is good. Been a, been a very good trip. They don't have watermelons out there? I have not. I'm sure they do. I have to go to Walmart to get one. I have not seen them at the fruit stands. Uh, the fruit stands are, for the most part, maybe I'm just in the wrong area, driving at the wrong time. I, I don't know. But most of them have been closed, and the few that have been open have been extremely limited, extremely. Now, I did find one on the way back from judging the show in Ohio last weekend, which I, I didn't mention. That that was a, the same place you judged that marathon pig show. Yes. Kind of, kind of a neat little show ring, kind of built down in a dungeon. dungeon. No. But on the way back, uh, there's this fruit stand that was after hours. I thought, well, there's no way it's open, but it was one of those self-pay. So, I mean, they had a lot of stuff there, and you calculate how much it is and put it in their little metal box. Amazing. Just amazing. Self-pay. Self-pay in Indiana, and I, I really, I gave them a tip. I was so excited about it, but I got a couple watermelons, some strawberries. I believe there's some raspberries. It, it was It was good, really good. And I didn't cause an accident trying to stop. I did not know there were people out there that still trusted people to self-pay. That's that's what made made me want to buy more. Just the fact that they had that kind of trust. And it, it appeared as though, I mean, it appeared to be working. Wow. They did have the, the little metal box kind of locked down, but I'm sure somebody could have. That's refreshing. It is. It really is. There was a note left there by a 17-year-old girl just posted a note like on the on the cabinet that she must have stopped there and paid just explaining how refreshing and how she wanted it made her want to buy a little bit of everything. It was nice. Yeah. I'm I'm I don't I don't get your obsession with the fruit stands and all that, but yeah, if I would have been seeing that I yeah, I would have been with the seventeen year old girl. Thank you for having that much faith in mankind. Because I don't, I don't know if I do. To be honest. <laughs> now this was this was small town Indiana. This was not uh, a Chicago suburb or something like that. So I, it was good. It's encouraging. It's it, it is refreshing. That's that's maybe the best. Ryan, are you ready to explain a little bit and 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 kind of compare and contrast some similarities between livestock shows and beauty pageants? I want to state from the beginning that I cannot give specific details about this particular pageant we are sequestered they watch our social media this is a really really big deal and i i know that y'all a lot of you don't have any interactions with pageants or anything about this but i want to give you just a brief history on the pageant i'm judging it's the miss texas pageant and it's for the miss america system whoever is crowned miss texas on saturday night she will, over the next 365 days, not only will she compete for the title of Miss America, 
but she will literally have an appearance every single day other than maybe some Sundays. And some Sundays she's going to have an appearance. Normally, at least 360 of those days, including holidays, she will have an appearance in some sort. The majority of those appearances are paid bookings, like where people call up to the Miss Texas booking agent and say, we want Miss Texas at our event, da-da-da-da-da. And so this is a life-changing experience for a young lady, not only in terms of who, the contacts she will get to meet, the things she will get to do, but it is also a very lucrative position, I guess is what I'm trying to say, monetarily. And so this is, and not every state is like that, but in Texas it is. And so this is a huge deal. And uh, so the fact that they are, at this hotel, for instance, we are on the 12th floor. And if you are not a judge, and if you are not the guest of a judge, and you are not one of the three people who are in charge of the two panels of judges, no one else is on the 12th floor of this hotel. And it's one of those hotels that you have to have a key to get to certain floors, all this stuff. And so, and we, we don't have security. Well, we do have security guards, but not like on the floor. But like, it, it's just very, very tense. And they're monitoring my social media. They've told me what I can do, what I cannot do. And so I'm having such a great time. I, it's, it's been awesome. But like, I am very, very limited in terms of some of the things that I can say. And so I, I want that to be stated up front. So it's just my goal to pull some of this information out of you. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I would love to, to talk some of this. And, and Ryan, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to, I would like to, in full disclosure, I know very little to nothing about a beauty pageant other than what Ryan has shared with me in just conversation in the past. But I'm I'm more than happy to jump in here and, and try to try to ask some questions. And I do have a question for you. Some of these things I, I forget to talk about just in, in daily conversation. Do we can we draw a similarity or a parallel between the snaps and texts you get prior to judging a livestock show and a beauty pageant? That is one thing that is way different because they do not announce who is judging until they get here. Oh my! And, so now, now we have a case to go back to that in the livestock show, Ryan. Well, no, not really. And I mean, I tell you why because there's five of us. This is this goes back to the one judge, two judge, three judge more system. Got it. That we that our podcast we have. There's five of us, and so you might be able to get to one person, maybe two, but after that, it's going to be more difficult. And even with there being five of us, the high and the low score are dropped in every phase of competition. So therefore, if you do get somebody to, you know, swing for your girl, get that person has given them all tens, their score's probably gonna be dropped anyway. That's I'm not saying that's foolproof, but it's pretty hard then, isn't it? If we are outside of our hotel room, like outside of our outside of our door. They really do not want our phones visible because the perception that who, if I, I'm seen 
on my phone texting, etc. Anybody can think, oh my God, he's texting XYZ with pageant, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But, and so again, that that's why I don't think it works as much. And, and there's, pageant system is smaller. It is a small world like the livestock show deal. But for instance, on, on this panel of five, there is a former Miss America, there is the gay, there is a lady who was a first runner-up twice in Miss Hawaii, but since she was first runner-up in Miss Hawaii, she's she's never been to a pageant. And I, I don't know exactly what age she is, but she has grown children. There is a man that's on the board of directors for the New York Miss America Association, and then there's a, a lady that her and her husband, her husband was a professional baseball player, he retired, and now they're an entrepreneur. They have all these businesses. They invest in Silicon Valley firms, all this other stuff. And she's never been to a pageant in her life. Uh, this is it. This is the first one. And so, again, even... That's a lot of variation. Right. And so, e- even if, you know, once they get the book and see who's judging and all this other stuff, I think you would be, like, on lottery level if you had all five judges' numbers in your phone. You see what I'm saying? Like, it would be that. It's difficult enough it's maybe discouraged it, that that is just not not happening. Right. And you officially have not been contacted by anybody. No, I I have not. No. No, I did think it. Last night was the first night of preliminary competitions. And so when we when we were leaving... The Eisman Center, our hotel is literally right across the street from where they're having the pageant. It's called the Eisman Center. And so, I mean, it's not even a street, basically. You walk out and you walk across the little corridor and then you're almost in the lobby of the hotel. Well, we were walking out and uh, this man (laughs) looks at me and he said, did they say you were a livestock judge? Because on my bio, I, I mentioned that. And I said, yes, sir. And uh, he said, we have a granddaughter in Tennessee that shows cattle, and you don't look like any livestock judge that we've ever seen. I just said, <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> and so, I love uh, it. yeah, they were, the pageant people were asking me, they're like, does that offend you? I said, I am unoffendable at this point. It is It is not. That, that is not. In, I said, that wasn't even close to offensive, but uh, trust me, I am not offendable at this point. So, we started off the week, and every girl has 10 minutes in interview with the five per- at this pageant, it's a five person panel. And uh, you can ask anything that you want, but they had to submit to us a basically a fact sheet about them, a resume, and then every single one of these young ladies have a personal platform or a social initiative impact that they want to make more awareness about and it can be anything from different types of cancer to bullying to mentorship i mean i can't i mean the sky's the limit on all of that and so we have all that information about them the first question has to be about their social impact initiative or their platform but then the rest of the questions can be about anything politics religion you name it all this other stuff and it's a 10 minute interview and so there's 40 C 
six girls. So you can do the math that that takes a while. And uh, not only for the 10 minute interview, but then to score each girl, get the next girl on deck. Uh, that was a two day process because I train girls for pageants and interview is kind of my forte. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and I, I, all the judges enjoyed it, but it, it was, it was long. Like I remember after the first day we were getting done and I said, I said, Hey, I can keep going. Let's go. Uh, I, I mean, uh, all the other ones were ready to hit me cause they were ready to be done for the day. But so that, that was the first step. It was the interview. It's 40% of the score. Then we have three nights preliminary competition. And again, I'm not going to use the technical terms for all of this because I'm just going to say what it is so y'all understand more. It's like evening gown, talent, and then on stage question. And so uh, those are, we had the first night last night. We'll have two more nights of those. And then on Friday, we will, they will have taken all those scores and added them up. And then we'll have a top 12 meeting to determine the top 12. And then Saturday will be the finals. But the whole purpose of all of this is like, uh, people ask me all the time, they're like, how did you get involved in this? This is like, I just don't get it, whatever. And so how I got involved is I've just been fascinated with pageants since I was a little boy. And obviously, a little gay boy, he wanted to be wearing the crown on all the TV shows and all this other stuff. But uh, I had a young lady that showed for me, and she was like the little Jean Benet Ramsey when she was a small child. Now, when she showed for me, she was in high school. But uh, she she won all the little bitty, like, I, I can't tell you the countless number of trophies and crowns and tiaras. Like, she won a car at a pageant, all this other stuff. And uh, she wanted to get back in it and compete for Miss Texas. And so we went to a Miss Texas pageant for a week just to watch, do research, and I was hooked. I have been to every Miss America pageant since 2004. And so it's just one of those things that I, I enjoy greatly. And people don't really, and I, I have coached pageant girls that have won at the national level, state level, and lots of different systems, but people don't understand it. But there, there's a great deal of similarities to this competition. And I was explaining this to the other judges and the people in charge of the judges last night. And they were like, Oh my God, you're right. The basic overview that I want you to say, and I, I say this sometimes when I judge shows is the exact same concept and the same materials are used for both. Both of us, whether it's livestock shows or beauty pageants, we use paint, hair and glue. We make them as pretty as we possibly can. We send them out there, and we hope the judge votes in our favor. And are there there are rules and restrictions on what paint, glitter, and glue you can or cannot use? Uh, not really. No, wide open. What about and and may, maybe I'm not allowed to ask these questions, but we're I'm gonna I'm gonna anyway. And I apologize if they're they're not appropriate for what you at this point because you're judging. What about our plastic surgery, things like that? It's it's fine. Totally open. No, it's kind mm -hmm. of like your one one rule at start at noon type deal. Right. Wow. Absolutely. But they don't start at noon. 
And and would we would we make the assumption with that being allowed that it's being done pretty heavily? I'll be honest with you. I I I, th- I think it's like anything. I think on the top end, the competitive ones probably. But I I've seen lots of girls that I think that are in the terms of their presentation have been more natural than I would have. And I'm not. I'm just talking about very little makeup and not typical pageant clothing and stuff like that. And so I, I think it's kind of, we're out of phase at this in this Miss America deal that it's kind of an anything goes type situation. And while I like the fact that there's a bunch of girls interested in it that aren't stereotypical pageant girls, and that's great for the system and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, again, it's, it's refreshing. So, but yeah, at the top end, I mean, those ones that are going to be competitive are going to do what they got to do. And we, we, if we have too much twine on those girls or, or we go over the top, it's probably going to hurt them just like it does in the livestock show. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the, the easiest thing and something in general that I can talk about next week, we can revisit this and I can give a few more instances. So each girl has to submit a headshot. And we all know from livestock shows, Photoshop and all this other stuff. Well, I guess the thing is that I can say is when you walk into the interview room and I'm looking at your headshot and I can't identify you, that's not a good thing. No, that would not go well. So like it's when you're saying going over the top with twine and all this, that, that, that is an example right there. Like if I can't identify you... From your headshot, that's probably not going to help you out any. Now, do, do they have professional fitters coming to, to get them ready for this, I'm assuming, for that interview or for going on stage? Well, okay, so the, the, this is the interesting part. Once they go to the Eisman Center for prelims, they cannot have anyone there. Now, I believe for interview, you can have professionals get you ready, but backstage at the Eisman Center, it's all you. And at Miss America right now, there is none. It's not, you're not allowed any professional fitters. But this is kind of like when they make it junior exhibitors only fit. And, you know, the night before, the day before you go to the show, everybody pulls up the legs and tweaks them out and clips them. So, all you basically have to do is run a comb and glue through a show animal's leg. And, you know, if you're a kid that isn't an elite fitter, it gets dummied down pretty much. And so, and of course, these girls are 18 to 25. They should know how to do makeup already. But they do take courses for, you know, stage makeup and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, that is one aspect of the Miss America system that differs from other pageant systems is they are not allowed professional makeup artists and hair people once they get to the pageant. Now, I, I've got a maybe this takes it the, a, a different direction, but I did watch your snap yesterday, maybe the day before. I don't remember when. So the, the contestants, I want to just clarify for everybody, the contestants cannot have their makeup artist at a certain point come in there and help them. They've got to do it on their own. Right, yeah. You're you're not a contestant. You're a judge, correct? Are you allowed to have a professional fitter come in and assist you? I have my makeup artist here, yes. I do. And 
this makeup artist, I, I, I think I know, but just so everybody else knows. So when you wake up in the morning, this makeup artist is pretty much there waiting to prep you. I do my own hair, and then I text her, and yeah. And you have this makeup artist there the entire week? Yes, I do. May I ask the, the, the obvious question coming next? No, you cannot ask how much that cost, though. <laughs> that is that is crazy to me. Just You would have been offended of the cost of the hotel room for a week for her, much less anything oh, else. Oh, so. just painful, painful. But so, But you're looking the part, I bet. It's all good. And it's now the running joke, even with the contestants, that I have better makeup and clothes than anyone here. That was my point. Because You're allowed help. They don't get help. Exactly. And that's the point, because I fully expect to be crowned Miss Texas on Saturday night. I think they're going to vote for me. <laughs> that would be the best. I mean, if, if we can have a trans weightlifter, I can be Miss Texas, damn it. That's just all there is to it. But You could be. I would like to see that. that, that would be and no one would beat me in the interview room. It would not be no possible. possible way. <laughs> no, that that is funny because all of my pageant friends, when they see like one of them, my my best friend that does pageants is Craig Allen Hirsch, and he's from Tennessee, and he actually came to mom and daddy James' wedding, and when I got done giving my toast and speech to them and all this other stuff, and went back to something, he's like, "Thank God you weren't a girl. You never got beat in interview." <laughs> That is interesting. The other thing I would like to recommend for the pageant judges, but you know what? In all sincerity, when they have a system where they're throwing out the top, the bottom, five judges, they've I'm not saying they've completely eliminated the political factor, but they've come darn close. And we, we need to pay attention to that. And we did talk about our one judge, two judge, three judge more. We need to dive back into that and, and maybe set some exact examples out there for these show committees or these show managers. That they can they can avoid that, and obviously I, I have no doubt. In the past, there's been issues with pageants. I don't know if it was ten years ago or forty years ago or whenever. Uh, I am sure that somebody on these two panels knows somebody that is. And like I said, just because you can't have the fitters do your stuff, they're all here. I want you to know that. And like they're there, the girls can send pictures of their face and hair to them and they can you know write back you need to tease this or you need to shadow this and you know highlight this all this stuff so they're all on location do not get i don't want you to think that they're just not here they are all here but i I am sure whether the judges will admit it or not somebody has been contacted by somebody i y'all know me i just keep it real i don't have i don't have any knowledge of it or anything like that i can say i have not been contacted but I think it would be a real stretch to say nobody's been contacted at all. But again, with five man panel or five person panel, drop the high to low score. And actually, you can have at a state Miss America pageant, you can have between five and seven judges on each panel, and you always drop the high and the low score. With that said, Ryan, do you have like the number of the person in charge that kind of the, the, the one that oversees the judges? Yes, I do. That's who called me to do this. Would you Would you share that with me? I, I can. Why? I have a suggestion. I think with all of that said about about there's there's a possibility of being contacted. So you've been there for two days. This your third day. No, I've been here since Sunday. We're going on your fourth Today's day. Wednesday. Yeah. Why? When you? I I think in the future, and they they should set the precedent now. 
that person could gather both your cell phones, maybe all three. I know you have two. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just when you get to the hotel, take your cell phone, lock you on that twelfth floor? I mean, just like a jury being sequestered. I mean, nothing, zero. I'm having enough issues with the limited cell phone time, and I, I am one of those people that I am very attached to my cell phone, and I own it, and I know it, and whatever. I'm having enough time as is. I don't need any other limitations with me and my cell phone. And Dale thinks this is real funny. I think it's the greatest. Yeah, but he's also one of the people that like, why are you not answering me? Yes. So I had I had questions. Questions. Pageant questions. <laughs> and he's like, why are you not answering me? I'm like, because I can't. <laughs> so you don't even, when you're doing the interviews, the, the cell phones, you, are you allowed to even have them with you? You can have them in your bag, but. Literally, when I walk out of this hotel room, on my hotel room, unless I am in the hospitality suite, the judge's hospitality suite, or we are taking pictures as a group, like judging panel, and you want someone to use your phone, and like last night, they let us take pictures of the stage and stuff like that, they do not want your phones visible if you are in... The view of the public. Well, uh, you and I might may differ a little bit. I I believe when when I'm this morning when I get to the show, I will have my phone with me. I'll set it down on the desk there by the microphone, the the man superintendent's desk, and I I usually I, I don't even say anything to the manager. I, I've got it on silent. And I just turn it over. It just sits there, and I won't look at that again until the show is over. Where you'll sometimes on lunch break. And I guess if they take a half hour, an hour lunch break, I will grab my phone and look at it. But that that's a little bit of a sensitive issue when, when we have some of our livestock judges that, that are grabbing that phone and looking at it on occasion. We, we talked about this before. I'm good with, with that phone not being around. I, I stick my phones in my backpack and I don't ever look at them when I'm judging. Like you said, if there's a lunch break, then whatever. But yeah, I, and I, I, I understand the perception and all that other stuff, but this is a little much for me. <laughs> I'm just going to be. I'm completely on board with it. I, I would go further. Uh-huh. And I, I think when they go to the, the Miss America, it should, those, I'm making a recommendation now. Those judges, <laughs> they need to be locked up, isolated, no contact, zero. This is the most sequestered I've ever been in my life since I came out of my mother's womb. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, so. what about Miss? Is, is this a stepping stone to do Miss America? Will you be on the judges panel someday? So I don't know about that, but once you. Like, people don't know, may not care, but each state's pageant selects their judges. We had to submit a bio to them. They send that to Miss America. Miss America goes through, they do a background check, they read your bio, they they investigate you on social media, all this other stuff, and then you are approved or not. Once you are approved to judge a state pageant, after you go through that you were in a database system that is accessible to all the state pageants, etc. There's the possibility for me to do more, maybe Miss America. But um, so now that I am officially in the database system and been approved and all that, yeah, that'll probably, I hope there will be more opportunities that another thing is like people don't understand is, this is a week. This is a Sunday to Sunday, and there is no pay. They cover your expenses, I hope? They 
pay for your room and they provide all the food. But like they don't people that had to fly to get here. No, I don't think you have time to do other states because like the people here, they're like, you are so good at this and you enjoy it so much. I said, I could only do about one of these a year. There's no way I could do more than one. it's, It's and Dale has seen the schedule like it is intense. And, like, people are laughing about the number of clothes that I brought and all this stuff. And I have not changed more than anybody else. There have been four changes of clothes every day since, not not Sunday when we got here, but at least four changes of clothes. I, I don't understand that. You won't understand it when I say this. Anyway, the level of attire for interview and the level of attire for prelims and is different. It's like... Interview is business casual. Prelims is cocktail. When we go to lunch, it's they won't let you just... When we, when we go to lunch, we wear whatever the hell we were wearing just before lunch. That's what we wear. We just came out of an interview. Then we wear that to lunch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, very simple. It's, it's very simple. When you ask people to be in suits in 100 degree heat, you're not going to make them... Wear that. We are not. We're not eating lunch outside. We're eating in an air conditioned building. You got to walk to a parking garage to get in a van and all this other stuff. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just. And I am having a blast and having a ball. And I knew because I know people that have done it. I've been through the process as a coach, as a fitter, all this other stuff. I knew how intense this was. Living it on this side. I knew what to expect, and I expected correctly, but it's still like, whoa. So I think it. I think it puts you in a much better position to further coach others. I, I would love to do it again, but I, I could only do about one of these a year. I just, I, it would. It's. I, I, I say that not because I'm physically tired or anything like that. I am just not cut out to be this limited in my personal freedoms, I guess. And uh, it's not like multiple times throughout the year. Like, I am not a sequestered person. If y'all remind y'all of Rona when I was stuck in my house with nothing to do, it did not go well. So this is (laughs) kind of the same concept here. But wrapping this up, there's so many similarities from the fitters to the parents who are invested to the the girls who maybe are just here to make friends, the ones that are here to be Miss Texas. And one of my questions were, and a lady runs and she says, that may be the best question that I've ever heard asked. I, I asked a lot of the girls, did you enter this competition to be Miss Texas or Miss America? There is a difference. And they're like, we've never thought about that, but there is a level of girl that is entering Miss Texas because they want to be Miss America. And there's girls that just want to be Miss Texas. And they said, but nobody's brought that out. So there is different levels of competition and different, you know, different validation in terms of success that like we talk about in livestock shows. Some people want to get a brand at a major show. If a girl gets called top 12, then that's success for her. If she won a preliminary award, that might be success for her. Or if she gets one of the non-finalist, you know, scholarships, that might be success for her. And then there, there is the girls that 
if they don't take home the crown, devastating disappointment. We've talked about this. Just just have that goal, and every family has a different goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it yet. Were they pretty upfront in, in a lot of variations? Some are there just for Miss Texas or, or to meet other people? No, you can get a vibe from them. I mean, nobody walks in the interviewing room and says, I know I'm not going to win, etc. But you can get a vibe. I mean, that that is a big similarity. And like I said, paint, hair, glue, make them as pretty as they are and get out there. There, there are two differences that I want y'all to know about. And because when I was telling this to the, the people here, they thought it was real funny. And the two biggest differences that I see are that pageants are climate controlled. And normally, animals don't talk back. What What about, remember, we, we've talked about that that girl, you're, or, or young showman, boy, whatever, that you pull into fourth that thinks they're going to win their class. When you ask mm-hmm. some of these questions, do you do you get some of those kind of responses? Like, what what are you, why, how, what, <laughs> how dare you ask me that, that, that look? I put this on Snap so I can talk about it. I, I did make a high number of girls cry in interviews. No, and, you can't do that. But... Uh, like I said, the people running the pageant, they're like, we don't understand why your questions are perfect. And some of them that cried, they got emotional because it was about their platform. And some of those, some of their platforms are deeply personal to them. And so when I said they cried, they just got caught up in the moment talking about what they're so passionate about and stuff like that. But yeah, I made a large number of them cry. Nice, Ryan. Very nice. Mm-hmm. But this is educational to me and kind of interesting to me, but I'm looking forward to when you can just openly discuss specific things and and maybe we can hit that a little bit in current events next week. Yeah, we can hit it in current events next week, but it has, we're only on Wednesday here, but it, it, it has already been great. And I say this, and this is the truth when I leave a stock show. If you are not mentally exhausted at the end of it, then you did not give enough of yourself. And that's the same through at a stock show. I don't care if there's a thousand head or a hundred, because if you literally use all of your concentration and all of your focus on something for an extended period of time, then you're going to be mentally drained and you should be, or you're not giving it 110%. And we all know me, I, I try to give 110 Twenty percent, and so uh, mentally, it has been quite exhausting. And uh, it's early mornings, and it, that, that's another difference about whatever you know. Not that shows aren't early in the morning; they, they are. And like interviews started at eight thirty, and granted, my makeup artist takes longer to get me ready than I do for a show. But I mean, you have to get up early, but. There's interview, and then there's prelims at night, and then there's you have to go and do things after. So the one thing, another big difference is, is like a pageant is an all-day-long affair. You may not be doing the same thing, but it is sun up to way late in the evening. Like, I have not got to my room, and I haven't been out, you know, partying, and I have not got back to my room before midnight any night this week so far. That's pretty intense. It's been a great deal of fun. And I, I, if I never get to have this experience again, I am so grateful that I am getting to have this experience in my home state. It's just, I'm not going to talk about it because I'll, I'll, get, I'll get emotional. So, But question and answer. Question, Ryan, it is your lucky day. 
Oh, good. My uh, my Wi-Fi service, and I want to explain to everybody, I'm catching about every, maybe three out of every five words Ryan speaks I can hear. <laughs> so I apologize if we're jumbled up. Maybe our, our, our producer, Clifton, will, will edit all this out. But it's been a little bit challenging this morning, but we're getting through it. Um, I cannot pull up any of the question and answer, but I do have a couple of them that I remember looking at um, yesterday, and I'm going to get pretty close to getting getting these right. But uh, we do have a couple that we can go through, and, and the first one comes to us from Rebecca. Ryan, I know you are not a fan of asking questions and quiz bowl type things in showmanship, but what about switching animals with another competitor? Some judges seem to be fans of this in senior showmanship. Your thoughts? Again, it's not for me. When I was doing a lot of showmanship competitions, that was a big deal. And I get the concept, if you can show your animal, you can show any animal. And I'm not saying that that's not right. I go back to the thing that showmanship is you came to display your skills to the best of your ability on the animal that you know. And so I don't ever switch animals. It makes sense, and 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 I've done that with with kids before, long long ago. If I saw one animal that, for whatever reason, wasn't cooperating, we'd we'd maybe switch them around and see if that that showman. I would usually put a bad animal in the hands of what I thought was one of the better showmen to see where things were. But I, I don't see it as much anymore. Maybe maybe you do, Ryan, but I, I guess I'm I'm not seeing it like I did ten or fifteen years ago. No, it used to be a huge thing, and I haven't seen it yeah. much anymore. But it's just not something that I've ever done when I was judging it. I think in some of these shows where you have multiple showmanship, it just from a time standpoint, it becomes even even a bit challenging. No, or very very challenging. So so there there are some of that. I had a question come to me, and actually this was was one that was just asked yesterday, Ryan. I stopped at a at a, a family that that's showing some goats for us, and they were asking uh, somehow you're I, I don't know when, but you'll be judging them in showmanship at some point. And Paisley asked me, well, what, what do I wear or what can I wear for Ryan and showmanship? And, and we had a question come in here. Can we use cuffed shirts or zip-up shirts? And Ryan, this, this wasn't from Paisley. This was one from one of our, our Facebook instant messengers. And I, I don't even know what a cuffed shirt versus zip-up, I, I don't know what that even is. I'm assuming a cuffed shirt means that, and again, I, I didn't see the question, so I'm assuming like a shirt that has exaggerated cuffs that doesn't bother me the zip-up thing doesn't bother me either as long as it looks professional if you're a girl and you're going to wear a zip-up shirt you better not have things hanging out that aren't supposed to this is kind of a taste level and some zip-up shirts are fine and look very professional and whatever and some of them look like they came from fredericks of hollywood so again unless i could see the shirt i i had a young lady that showed for me for a very long time that in she showed goats and they wanted her to show in the same shirt every single time. When she showed cattle, we had her in different stuff, but her shirt was a zip up front shirt and it was very professional and she showed in it, you know, for years, that exact same style of shirt, same color, same everything for years and years and years. And it was great. I mean, she was very competitive. I, I can't make a judgment call without saying the shirt. I guess what I'm gathering is we're not too worried about what style it is. Let, let's just come in professional. Right, yeah. I mean, and you need to look professional. And again, when I judge showmanship is different from other people when judging showmanship, but I, I literally just got done judging the Illinois Hereford State Show before I came to the Miss Texas pageant. That was the best 
state breed showmanship contest I have ever evaluated. And I've, I've done a whole lot of those over the years. And uh, the quality and the depth and showmanship was just amazing. And there was a young man that won showmanship, and he had on a short sleeve shirt. And when I went to go through to talk to the finalist, and I, I, was, I was told him, I said, I'm just going to tell you right now that I think the difference between a good showman and a great showman is a great showman makes it seem effortless. And you have done that, but you have also done one thing terribly wrong. Do you know what it is? He says, it's the short sleeve shirt. I said, yeah. He says, I didn't realize it was a short sleeve shirt till after we got here. And anyhow, I sat on that and I, w- I was, I knew I was going to use him to win because he was just that gifted that if the only thing that I can come up with, and I've said this about boots too, if the only thing I can say wrong about you is that you have, you don't have on boots or you have a short sleeve shirt, you probably need to win the showmanship contest. But I also tell him, and I told this young man on the mic, I said, He's going to win, and if he ever shows in a showmanship contest to me in a short sleeve shirt again, he will not. You get <laughs> one chance. No more. That is it. Yeah, you get one chance, and y'all know that I will remember this boy, and I will so same thing to a little kid in Florida, a Brahmin kid. He didn't have on boats. The next couple weeks later, he shows lands and goats at a show in Florida. Guess what, Dale? He had on boots. <laughs> he had on boots. Well, yep. today we were obviously, and Ryan, you've been out here in California, and I told the story about the State Fair of Oregon. I'm assuming that the FFA division, they're going to come in in full corduroy jackets, and if it gets up to 100 or plus this afternoon. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to going to step in it again and tell them they don't have to, and, and what's, the res- what's the response going to be from our ag teachers? Uh, you're probably going to get shot. They they will not be happy, but I just, I'm telling you, we've got to be a little bit practical when it gets to those those crazy temperatures, but... I'm I'm with you on the long sleeve shirt and and your your comments and I appreciate you using that young man. We can't beat them for the one thing if they're the best everywhere else. You did well. If the only thing I can come up with that you did wrong was you didn't have boots or your hat on a short sleeve shirt, I'm not going to beat you. You're going to get one free pass, a get out of jail free card. But I will remember you, and since I have told you the next time. You can be in real trouble. And Ryan, there's one more thing we better bring up I, that we didn't we didn't touch on. It'll be very quick. Uh, Ryan and I had the opportunity, the honor to officiate the Expo Swine Judging Contest. Oh, yes, we did last Friday. And Ryan, I, I would be it'd be a disservice if I didn't mention we listened to intermediate reasons. Yes, we did. We didn't have a lot of them to listen to, and we were we're not listening together. But I had a couple of the best kids I've ever had, and I gave out a fifty, Ryan. I gave out a fifty-two, and uh, it was fun. And again, I don't, I don't. My judging schedule is so hectic. I don't get to do many contests with kids that age. So that or listen to kids that age. Normally, when I'm listening, it's a collegiate level. So that part of it was fun for me as well. Just to see the kids that may have come in there for the very first time, and they're just not a care in the world, and like just winging it, and then the ones that are so competitive and that obviously have been on state, you know, competitive teams within their state. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun and contest was fun in some, I I think, I think you beat me in the contest. I I busted at least one class. I did really well till one class. And I think I, I think I busted that the most, but 
we're not going to go there on that yeah, class. We're just going to leave it alone. <laughs> All the kids that have contacted me about that class from that contest, I said, y'all, I busted it too. Don't worry about it. So <laughs> take a deep breath. They yeah. were, they were, they were hard classes. And I, and I watched, um, I think Matt Clay's was putting them to get, had put them together the day before. And I, I had watched there in the holding pen and there's exhibitors coming to get their pig because they're loading up to go home as he's trying to bring them in the contest. And right. I, I think, I think they were scrambling there at the end to, to bring. So it does sometimes make for challenging classes. And I can assure all those kids there, there was plenty of variation within the officials. So don't, don't get too distraught. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was all over the board and they were very good about you turning in your own placing. And, and that's good because at that point, the cuts I think were much smaller, smaller. because of, of the variation that we came up with. Wow. But it was enjoyable. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, until next week, be safe. Y'all come back now, you hear? 